Can I get a test from you, Kobe? Yes, testing one, two, one, Excellent. two. Excellent. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Um, we're walking along the water at Rushcutters Bay and we're watching the sun go down over the Harbour Bridge because it's a hard life being an artist living below the poverty line. <laughs> um, should we start with your name and who you are? Or? Sure. So my name is Kobe and... Oh, the who I am, that's already a hard question. <laughs> Let's skip it. Let's just ignore it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a person. Great. Uh, what are you busy with? What are you working um, through? The biggest thing at the moment yeah. is I'm busy with trying to find space in life and in my mind. In time? And when you say in life, yeah. do you mean in the time? Yeah, in, yeah. Ti- in time, definitely. In the 24-hour cycle? Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, and unfortunately, that's so occupying my brain at the moment that it's it's impacting my ability to carry on my my days as I would ideally like mm. however by simply being up here for the last three days in Sydney um, away from my hometown in Melbourne I already feel like a lot of space has been afforded and not just geographically but um, which was my intention of escaping all of my responsibilities and commitments from everyday life so I could just be here and focus on the workshop and focus on the people I'm with and focus on my thoughts that arise from this work, which gets me back to the other stuff that I'm busy with, (laughs) which is great, which is exactly what this workshop was about. And for me, I'm busy with how numerous modalities work together to create creative processes particularly music and dance I was interviewed last week on FBI and there was an exclamation made about being a dancer who also composes music for dancing Mm. and how to turn um, dancing into music and then there was a question Mm. do you ever turn music into dancing but by the time they had said the question out loud, they already realised that that's the only thing that I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> um, of course, not everybody needs music to dance, but it is the mm. reason that I need to dance mm-hmm. is when the music is compelling me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'm interested in trying to not let that drive me. It's like, what other motivating forces have I got to move? And is it through a structure that is based on some compositional notation? Or is it based on the form of an instrument or a percussive sound that elicits a particular quality of movement? So I'm just trying to really dig deep into what influence music or instruments or notation can have on the choreographic process but also how the choreographic process can inform what music is written and how music is performed. So I like how one's not driving the other, but they're, they're influencing the other. Um, so they're kind of coexisting and creating something new through their merging. And it's not even merging, it's just a cross-pollination, I guess. And what I like about that is it encourages me to continue working in new ways. Mm. Um, <laughs> new for you or new for in me, the world? No, oh, nothing's new anymore, never, but for me... You think there was a time when things were new? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I now do. there's none. No, but well, I don't know what 
That's weird. All of those are. To think that there was a time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And now there's not. That's actually just, I would sum that up as saying that that is a lack of hope. That where mm. there was a time when there was hope and now we are living in a time without hope. Uh, well, it just depends like, on how you uh, think of newness. the loss of newness. Or the <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for me, it's new. I mean, I, I look at the fashion these days and, you know, people are sporting their acid wash jeans or, um, I don't know, polyester trousers and like yeah okay that's really new and exciting for you but I was wearing that in the 80s um and that's cool you know but it's but it's, when you were wearing it in the 80s was it new yeah for me it was but was it new in well, the world I, I think possibly because the advent of polyester isn't that recent yeah so potentially it was yeah so the world was new for you when you were young but now that you're not as young anymore <laughs> the world is nothing new anymore oh look there's nothing I'm not saying there's nothing new in the world, but I think creatively, <laughs> uh -huh. a lot of stuff uh -huh. has already been explored. Uh-huh. That's true. We have given it, like, we have given a go at communism and <laughs> fascism and mm, capitalism. We're still and, going for that. Yeah, like, all the things keep having a shot. Mm, yeah. Mm. And uh, it doesn't interest me so much in I want to be the first or the only who is or has done this thing, but... I am interested in keeping things fresh for me and challenging. So still crunchy. Like vegetables. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> exactly right. I don't want them to pass their use by. Do you want to pause so you can eat the rest of your apple? No, it's okay. I'm back. You can just keep carrying it. Yeah, or I'll, I'll eat it as we talk if you don't okay. mind. Okay, let me swap sides with you oh, yep. because maybe the wind, uh, I can't see. <clears throat> so... Uh, it seems to me like what you're busy with is keeping yourself interested because if you continue <laughs> to do things the way that you're doing them, you're done with those. Yeah. And so really it's just about um, the like professional practice of amusing yourself. Yeah, good observation. I mean, it sounds a little crude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, all of my um, wrapping up seem a little crude as like... Uh, as a provocation to like, well, what if you just accepted that you're done with this thing? Ah. And it's, it's a chasing of one's tail mm -hmm. to be, like it's a fooling of oneself, mm -hmm. this track that we're on of, um, you know, all the shit that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't need to redefine it. Mm -hmm. Then if we took that as being like, oh yeah, oh, maybe, would that change or are you happy to chase your tail i don't like think as, i'm yeah i, don't I mean i know I'm, you don't think that no. you are uh it's something that i think about myself when i do the thing that i think you're talking about yourself doing mm -hmm. is that maybe i've reached the point of diminishing returns on investment in this way of thinking and being mm. and it will take care of itself now i can leave it alone i don't have to keep pushing it and working on it mm -hmm. and i can be someone else and do something else and mm, i don't think i'm pushing it and working for it, I think it's it's happening. Mm. Um, but I do think, you know, as you know, I spent a lot of the early part of my career playing with the integration of video and dance or projection or the moving image. And it's not that I was... Uh, I was done with it out of interest, but not I hadn't exhausted all the possibilities by any means. But it also came out of me rediscovering my music 
um, interest because I played a lot of music when I was younger. And in like a band? Yeah. Were you the lead singer? No, or no. Were you the drummer or I was metal in, band or something? No, no. I was in the woodwind section. I was in multiple bands. Uh -huh. um, I was in a rock and roll band. I played the saxophone. What was it called? <laughs> it was called Body and Soul. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we played a lot of soul music as well. And then I was also in orchestras and, you know, I played the flute and saxophone. Uh, but then dancing took over and I forgot about them. Mm. And then I hit a point where I realised, oh, I've been doing similar things for a long time now and I've forgotten what it feels like to be an amateur or to be out of my depth. Yeah. So I started surfing and started learning the drums. At the same time? Yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not simultaneously, <laughs> <laughs> but in the same year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was born out of, one, a desire to... Um, I hadn't always wanted to learn how to surf, but I love water. And I liked that it wasn't an especially female-dominated sport. And then the drumming came from not wanting to play a, a, a melodic instrument. So I thought trying something rhythmic would be really good. Mm. <clears throat> and I think I enjoyed the physicality of it too. You know, I wasn't just standing up there holding an instrument, but I was playing this form of architecture around me. And then that obviously got me really back into my music and then that started to infiltrate my art practice. And so a lot of my integrated forms started shifting away from media towards music. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't chasing my tail. It was just following my nose, really. Mm. And it's unraveled a whole bunch of really interesting discoveries and opportunities. And I've been working in different configurations, both on my own and with <laughs> psychedelic instrumental improvised bands. Wow. Um, I've been working with a drummer and I've yeah just been trying to make my own sounds in the studio with really mundane objects, equipment, whatever. And all of those have been really fun and fascinating and unearthing territory that I think is going to keep me pretty busy and interested for a while now. Um, which is why this workshop this weekend has been really good too because it's so in line with uh, methods that I've been playing with um, and just being able to uh, investigate how different modalities can work together. Uh -huh. um, wh when do you know that you're doing something and when do you know that you're just keeping busy? If we're talking about like needing to leave so that you can have space to mm. do something mm. rather than just being busy, how do you know? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, shit, that's a hard question. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it really controls me a lot of the time. And, and a lot of the work it out controls you? Or uh, well, see, a lot of the busyness doesn't even come from my art practice, which is a frustrating thing. Oh. So it's it's survival and it's other work. It comes from your celebrity status. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you know, I'm booked. I'm booked <laughs> till 2020. That's not that far away. <laughs> I know, yikes. Uh, yeah, well, it's also priorities change. I mean, it's really interesting. Um, you know, there's a range of, of ages and experiences here this week and it's it's so nice to be chatting with people who are you know, have had really great experiences and are still super revved up and living off the smell of an oily rag and travelling whenever they can, wherever they can. But, um, and I've done that and I can't anymore. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of like my creature comforts. Mm. And um, I just burnt out from struggling. So I've shifted my priorities significantly so that there are some really mundane, responsible things that I'm doing, which have taken up a lot of time from my creative practice but they still ex it still exists yeah but it's it's really different and i'm envious for the people of the people who were the way i used to be so but when I, you're when you're doing your thing that you're meant to do mm -hmm. rather than the other things that keep you busy and take you away from it mm. what uh, what is that thing? What does it look like? Or how do you know that you're in that zone rather than the other zones? Um, there's a sense of timelessness. Yeah. Um, and, and deep satisfaction and excitement um, and energy. And then it, it continues to fulfill me past that experience. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel very complete and I feel very excited and energized. It's really nice. How about you? Uh, I am driven by novelty. <clears throat> if I fall into the trap of letting myself, should we flip? Mm. If I fall into the trap of letting myself uh, um, believe that I know what something is, then I'm not interested in doing it. Mm. Which is a little bit the way of the world and very much opposite the way of the modern or contemporary dance institution that I arrived at ah. when I was 18 or 19 which is that stay with something until it becomes something yeah. and I don't feel the need to actually because I don't think that the thing is transforming I think we are convincing ourselves and it's no different from a religious dogma that you say enough times that you believe it. Mm -hmm. And some of those things function beautifully. Peace be with you and also with you. That's a lovely dogma yeah. that I'm happy to repeat. <laughs> but um, the we are not worthy is another statement that's said in the same kind of sermon. Um, or it is right to give thanks and praise is another line that is said in the same sermon. And I'm not on board with that dogma. And I see it all the time in what is called deep, rigorous process, is that we have decided it is right to give thanks and praise to nothingness until we convince <laughs> ourselves of its somethingness. Um, but that's like quite reductionist and quite nihilist. Well, yeah. Does but that also mean that everything has to be spectacle in order for it to be worthy? No, but it needs to be something for me to believe that it's something. Uh -huh. So it's fine if something is nothing. It's fine if something is something. But if I uh, lie to myself long enough until I believe the lie, then how can I be making for anyone other, like who hasn't been on the same dogma train mm, but how do you know that something is something and nothing is nothing yeah for you? A good question uh i rely on 
being interested. But what happens if, so just say you're watching work. Yeah. And the person who's making it and all the people, yeah, and they're interested and it's really something for them. That's not to say that. That it's not for me? Yeah. Then I'll leave them to it. Mm. Awesome. Because it is the same for a lot of things that are something to millions mm. of people. Like, uh, who's that woman that t Adele? <laughs> who's that woman? Do you mean the one that's only got bookings till 2019, uh, and you've got uh, bookings till 2020? That's right. There you yeah. go. Take that, Adele. <laughs> but She's you mean, you know, to this. Adele. I, you know, if I knew your music, I might like you, but uh, <laughs> I don't know it. I just know you're an, a thing that people love. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she is something to a lot of people, and she yeah. packs out stadiums. Yeah. But to me, I'm not interested in getting to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I hear that. Um, but yeah, then it just comes down to subjectivity. But I think that that's a different question. I think something and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm speaking from a point of process, mm -hmm. from a point of methodology, and yep. a point of the cost benefit of how much time and soul and sanity we put into working something until it can not take but begin to exist alongside us or start providing for us yeah right and there are things that already do that so um if you need a car to drive, you need a car that drives. If you need a car that is a personal project that is an excuse to spend time <laughs> alone, then you then that's what you need. And yeah. both of these things are providing for you. Yeah. And I want to push back against art methodology that requires you to work on things that are not providing something to the artist mm -hmm. that are working them. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I agree with you, a lot of people have been brought up in an institution or some kind of culture where you, you work and you work and you work <laughs> and you will hopefully enjoy the fruits of your labour. But that's not necessarily true. I, I've often found that actually if you don't push, things just happen and, and that comes from trust or it comes from structures and parameters or a knowing or research yeah. or organization or however you like to work. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that that's not cultivated from a younger age. Mm. Well, maybe work ethic needs to be cultivated first. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, hang on, what do you mean? I can just book a studio and things will happen. No? <laughs> uh, it's something about um, uh, like, priming something so that then it can mm, yeah. flow. Things yeah. need to heat up before they go. Yeah. There's this analogy that I learned that in, in some engines there's a little valve, for want of a better word, that uh, will open once the engine is hot enough and then water starts running mm. from the radiator through the engine. But until it's ready, the juice is not coming. Yeah. Until you're mm. expanded a little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> so there's definitely some expansion work that needs to be done. Yeah. If you want that result. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I you know it's like uh, there's this woman and she sees Picasso and she's like, oh, hey, Picasso, can you do my portrait? He's like, oh, you're okay. <laughs> and um, he goes, there you go, that'll be $30,000. She's like, what do you mean? It just took you five minutes. He's like... That took me 30 years of research and practice and study to uh -huh. be able to do it in that amount of time. Uh -huh. So some, and maybe some of the younger 
dancers, artists are out there seeing other people effortlessly, seemingly effortlessly, effortlessly do their thing, yeah. not realizing that there's been years and hours and so much commitment into their craft where they're starting to hone in on their process. Yeah. But, and even now they would still have difficulty, but they've earned it and they've done the work and they continue to. Well, so what I have felt is that the work, that is a changing thing as well. The work that one does to arrive. Mm. And I imagine it's um, ongoing throughout history that the institutionalised notion of the work is a generation behind what work is actually required mm. yeah, right. to produce the outcomes that people are ready to be watching or listening to. Um, and I wonder about, I, I feel very lucky about, say, growing up in Darwin, where if you want to do a break show in the centre of the mall, then you need to borrow someone's ute, you need to know how to drive a ute, and you need to mount the curb and take in the tarquette that you've borrowed from Austin's, <laughs> and then you need to have cut the music the night before on a program that you knew how to download from the internet. Mm. Um, and then you need to know how to deal with people who live in the mall because they're homeless and they want to get up and dance with you and then also deal with other people who are disinterested. Like there's all these realities that are there with you when you're working in an environment that doesn't allow you to specialise. Uh -huh. um, I feel lucky about that because it means there's like an enforced resourcefulness and that's why I get bored because I see that there is a path or trajectory or uh, schematic for what, how much uh, work of a certain type I have to do so that something will get legitimacy once I perform it. And I can say that if I did this thing for this long with this many people, now it is legitimate. And then the product, I wonder where the, um, does the product answer to anything other than the claiming? And could I just lie? Like, could I do the same product and lie about how long and how hard I worked and how rigorous I was. Yeah, well, th but that's assuming that the validation is based on a product. What happens if it's the journey or the process there that was the valuable part, which is kind of unquantifiable and invisible to many? Yes, so then I also agree that the journey is the way and the outcome um, because 99% of time is the journey and then one is the show that no one gives a shit yeah. about. <laughs> and barely anyone gets to see. Yeah, and so the journey is mostly our careers, our jobs, mm. is spent in journey. Yeah. So then the journey has to serve us and nourish us and this is why I push back against any, um, any frameworks which call for a, a type of dismantling or upheaval or whatever <laughs> that is at the cost of the people that are going on the journey and so like staying with boredom or staying with uh -huh. a score or a script because yeah. something will emerge I'm like well maybe um. it's not I'm in this place where I'm thinking maybe my job is to be is to curate the genius to come and visit in whatever way that means not in quantifiable as the product or the aesthetics of the what work I do but quantifiable by I now feel in the zone 
mm. or whatever. Like that's what we were talking about before. When you yeah. know you're just doing working, and when you know you're doing the work, mm. and which serves which. And yeah. sometimes you're working to make space so that the work can yeah. <laughs> arrive at you. Yeah, well, well that, and not even so that the work can arrive, but just so you can be with thought. Because we're always working, but the space that I'm craving is, is the space to digest all that stuff that's buzzing around. But because everything else is just go, 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 there's no time to stop and sift through the images, the thoughts, the questions, the colours. Um, and how do you choose which of those things to give the time to, to digest? Mm. And how do you be like, well, that's not my deal. I don't need to work out that thing. Well, when I'm in a messy place, uh-huh. there, there's a, just a process of spending the time sorting through the shit. <laughs> but then when you are in the zone or you, 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 are, you do have the space to work and do your thing, then yeah. it, there is a pretty clear structure where this is what I'm doing today. And that has arisen from where I was yesterday or yeah. where I want to be next week. And how do you choose this is what I'm doing today when you finally get the privilege of space and time? Mm. How do you say this thing is worth all of that other work that I made? Um, it could be the most pressing inquiry mm. or the thing that has the most question marks. Mm. Um, you know, start, and, and this is assuming that we're talking about starting, but at any point it's kind of difficult to know where to begin. And so sometimes I just pick a point and then from there I might go backwards, sideways, forwards or like stay in it. Pick a point as in have a question. Mm. Yeah, um, and try not to be too complicated or clever about it. That can happen later. I mean, I've spent hours with a yoga mat and a drumstick playing around with sounds. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it sounds pretty crazy and boring, but the things that I did was so fantastic. <laughs> And, and then I, you know, I had a video camera and a stills camera. And, and were you interested during, like, you were in the zone? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. So for me, that's a quantification of am I fooling myself? Because, mm. or am I doing some work and I'm compelled to continue following? Yeah, I totally was. Yeah. It just, everything I did informed what, what I wanted to do next or felt like, oh, that, yes, I have to try this now. <laughs> and, then, and once those urges finished, yeah. okay, all right, so now what? But it just kept on unraveling and it was helpful to have the media there to go, oh, that's what that looks like from this angle. Yeah. So when I'm in charge of throwing the drumstick on the yoga mat and seeing how many times it bounces has a very different perspective when you're just seeing a cropped image of a drumstick land and then bounce out of frame. Yeah. Or what happens if I record that sound and it's this really distorted Wah! when it actually falls off the yoga mat onto the wooden floorboards. Yeah. So having all of these forms of media to support me in the studio on my own is really helpful to stay interested and to offer different perspectives, which I guess is a very similar approach to having different modalities to engage with or different artists yes so it's yeah lots of toys (laughs) (laughs) well toys are just like another word for tools that you can that can help you do the play correct yeah hmm and why 
Like what's your biggest hope for all of the effort that it takes to make the space and then the thing that you end up needing to do when you have the space and then running through like it's kind of self-nourishing when you are following and unraveling but like you said and then what and then you have to deal with and then what mm. uh, and sometimes probably work out how to share what is useful for others mm. what is your biggest hope for all of the effort that all of those things take I think it's changed it used to be that it was expression I just had something to say but now I still do have something to say but I also don't care if people see it <laughs> so and that's not to say that expression needs to be received or acknowledged by someone else but it needs to get out of you yeah it yeah. is it's <coughs> um, it's like you know I I feel myself and feel satisfied and nourished when I move and that doesn't necessarily mean dancing but just if I'm walking or swimming or surfing or I don't know living an awesome life just, yeah living an awesome <laughs> life and and so my art practice is that I, I don't feel quite myself and I, f I feel a bit empty if I'm not engaged with these kind of things um, I find it incredibly stimulating and you know all of those things I said before um, like I can feel it in my system I'm just really curious and interested and energized by the things that happen when I'm thinking and working yeah. in that kind of stuff and and you know it's pretty addictive yep. it's a really nice feeling but also there are times where you feel completely shit and you're like <laughs> what am I what am I doing throwing drumsticks on a yoga mat <laughs> what, what, who, who would do that but then do you just wait until you want to do it again or do you punish yourself <laughs> in the way that you could that would be more justifiable if you were say the lieutenant and you have troops and you can just mm. give them the order to do it except you are both and you're giving yourself the order to do it even though you don't want to do it mm. and in that moment it's not fulfilling you like do you wait until the per you are compelled mm, combination i think discipline is really useful and routine mm. but also if i'm if I'm in that space and I've been working for a while and it doesn't feel right or I'm not happy with what I'm doing, then, you know, maybe I just sit down and think or write or put on some music or make a cup of tea. Um, but I think the pushing has actually been quite helpful for me at times because then you just stop the judgment because it's already really uncomfortable and horrible. Yeah. And then you break through that and then something comes. So it just depends on my mood, I guess. But yeah. both strategies have worked for me in the past and it's, it's just a matter of trying them out. And if something comes from it, then great. And if not, well, I'll try the other. Um, I think it's a good question because sometimes it's good to know when to just call it a day mm. or when to go, look, it's because you got pissed last night and you're not feeling your best, so just snap out of it and get back to work. <laughs> mm. It sounds like... Uh, constructs give you something an other of which to know your mood or intuition or feeling against so if the construct is not there you don't know how you feel because your feeling is in relationship to this thing that mm. you must do or could do mm -hmm. 
Yeah, construct, parameter, yeah. tools. Yeah, it, yeah, they're necessary. So even though the parameter or restriction or score or rules or instructions or like any of the orders are seemingly um, an enforcing upon your mood or insight or intuition or artistry or creativity actually what they are is the the worthy opponent too or like the judo jousting partner mm -hmm. you can't like, you can't joust by yourself <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and you definitely give your creative impulse uh priority but at least it becomes more clear to you which one you're following and even if it's not there you still have something to follow yeah because I, I think this kind of work is filled with a lot of unknowns and if you don't offer yourself that that partnership with whatever that is yeah. it's it's destabilizing and it's yeah. disorientating yeah. and you're just setting yourself up for disaster yeah um yes that's usually the way that i go disaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah um on one hand i really uh it's like a tell you know if you're quite a good motocross rider or whatever and you just go a little harder and a little harder it's like that with my destabilizing nihilism against ah. um how much of the parameters are completely arbitrary and just habit and default and uh -huh. malignant in their nature and social construct and so i like continue to wipe those away and just go completely off am i compelled what can i feed myself to make me compelled caffeine sugar beyonce whatever mm. it is like having someone in the room that i want to impress <laughs> having like being i don't know any of those things like being warm being cold so it's like hacking myself into the desire and then prioritizing desire quite high up as a driving force so at least the thing that comes out needs to come out mm -hmm. it is essential mm. um but, but then exactly yeah you yeah go. No, you so go. does that mean that the essential thing can't arise without struggle and famine like can't that stuff come out when it is nurtured and there, there are supportive structures along the way uh i guess my supportive structures are about being aware of myself enough or aware of the people the team enough to know how to like prod with the right things mm. <laughs> so that like uh, the fish don't jump out of the water for joy they jump because there's a shark coming up <laughs> underneath them to eat them <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be that way i guess um but maybe your supportive structure is the destabilizing factors yeah it seems like that. it mm. yeah because it's like actually the freedom that comes in knowing that everything is bullshit means that all I need to do is follow the, was it Martha? That like, don't hold back what it is that is yours to bring into the world. Anyway, it's an excellent quote. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew it. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, so I, man, I can't even remember jokes, let alone. No, it's not that I can't. I just choose not to. But I, Can I, I tell you my favourite one that Marnie Palomares told <laughs> please. me? Please. She said, why did the Scarecrow win the Nobel Prize? I don't know. Why? Because they were outstanding in their field. <laughs>
Yeah, it's really good. I hope you get to remember it. Yeah, well, the trick is, what do they say? You've got to tell someone soon after and then it, it should stick. Oh, yeah? You tell someone back their own name once they've just told you? No. That kind of thing? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So maybe I need to do that with quotes. I tried to remember a line of Shakespeare once. Oh, yeah? And, uh, I'm sure you know anyway. one. I'm sure you know two. Well, it was... I wanted to know what... Um, Juliet said after Romeo, Romeo, because everyone knows that. Yeah. Wherefore art thou Romeo? Yeah. Refuse thy father and deny thy name, for if I was not to Capulet or something or other, and then that's as far as I can remember. But it was nice to just have a few lines after mm. Romeo. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. It's like knowing the rap in uh, TLC Waterfalls. Yeah. <laughs> How satisfying is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. But repetition, it's a good thing. I, I went to some party in Antwerp years ago and I went with some friends who I just made and they were these hardcore punks and they were having a great time and they didn't want to leave. I'm like, no problem, I'll just go home and hitch a ride with the cyclist because, you know, everyone rides a bike in Belgium. Yeah. And um, I said, oh, guys, you've got to teach me how to ask someone for a ride <laughs> because, you know, it's four in the morning and I'm some uh -huh. Australian in a foreign country. I, I don't want to shock them with English and, you know, so they told me and the whole journey home, I started practicing. And I just kept on saying it and saying it and saying it until someone rode past me. But the thing was, no one rode past me. So I ended up walking all the way home. But that was, man, <laughs> 10 years ago. And I still, I still know how to ask someone for a ride on their bike. <laughs> so, but, you know, I can't, I can't afford to repeat quotes or jokes for an hour and a half. Because you're not in a theatre company. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and as I said, I, you know, there's not a great deal of space available. So, if I had an hour and a half, it probably isn't going to be used to repeat a quote. What? What is? I I realise that we've spoken really generally mm. and very zoomed out, mm. and I wonder if there's anything that you're interested in zooming in on. Ah. Well, yeah. Do, do you want? We do might more? need to face the other way no. just for the wind because yeah, yeah. it just picked up. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, if you want to talk about an excellent moment when you've had when you were working or some work that inspires you or something that you've done that you've learnt from. I mean, it doesn't have to be any of those things. Mm. It could, we could just call it a day as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this could be n near the end of the day. Um... I'm thinking of a recent project I did with the psychedelic improvised improvised um, <laughs> instrumental band and you know they're total music nerds they're fantastic and the premise of this work was that there were five guitarists one bass player two drummers three dancers and each guitarist had their own PA so the idea for the spectator was to move through the space so they could hear a, a different sound coming from each guitarist. And obviously the drummers didn't have a problem no. being heard. That wasn't you? No, I was, I was a dancer. Um, but it was just really fantastic being, working with those people where sound was the, the main driving force and we had to find a way in and with it. Yeah. But they also had this impression that, well, you know, you just dance, you just do your thing. It's like, well, yeah, but you're doing something so interesting. I, I need to find a reason why we're here. Yeah. Um, 
so I, it was just memorable working in a different context with different experiences and working in such a sonically live and, and rich environment and having and choosing to avoid necessarily respond because it was improvised on the dancer's behalf as well of not necessarily responding to the sounds and being evoked by it um, but trying to find really interesting ways that can keep all of us interested as a trio and an individual while still working in relation to all the musicians. Um, it, was just, it was just really nice and I've worked with structures and choreography so much so to improvise in performance in a very immersive context with audience everywhere and two drummers in the middle of the space and I learnt a lot and I think that's starting to inform how I work now too. Mm. It sounds like uh, learning was the most exciting part. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the performance was a performance and it's always the way for me. If you're learning then you're doing your mm. work. Yeah. Beautiful. Welcome, thank you. The sun has set. The wind has picked up. Wombat Radio.